But at the end of the day, the job of, of a business is to solve a problem uh, for customers, go get more of those customers solving that problem and deliver value back to the community, society and shareholders. And uh, that actually is a very fun journey. And the marketing discipline uh, is central to that journey. So I love it. At some point, every business and business leader will get stuck. And we've developed uh, an interesting set of tools and processes and algorithms that, that help those businesses get unstuck. Hi there, this is Andre and you are on a new episode of the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our special guest today is Stuart Leo, who is the founder and CEO of Waymaker, an intelligent business management platform that helps leaders build a better business in 30 days. And today we'll discuss business growth strategy, resilience building and leadership development in the current still uncertain global market. Stuart, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Let's rock and roll. Uh, Andre, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure is all mine. So let's see where we start because we have so many interesting topics that uh, I hope we'll have time to go through today. Um, as uh, I mean, probably a good starting point actually would be to introduce you a bit more to the audience. So um, giving you the stage a bit to tell us about your background, your story and the interesting stuff that you are doing at the moment. Okay. Uh, well, I'll start with the now and then I'll move back to how I got to the now. How, how does that sound? Uh, Perfect. Sounds good. Now, now I'm a, um, a startup founder. We have a, a platform called Waymaker.io, which is an intelligent business management platform. There's some fluffy words. Let me break that down and make it concrete. Um, it's really four things. It's, it's a method, it's a way of doing high-value strategic decision-making, mm -hmm. um, a method that gives you the highest value course of action every single time you go through the process. Uh, two, it's a software platform that uh, is designed to run that, that process and embed continuous improvement and uh, strategic compounding results across your business. And we might talk about how we achieve that. Three, uh, we're an education community um, sitting behind Waymaker is a digital academy, Waymaker Academy, um, that uh, is a bunch of courses, content, toolkits, playbooks, frameworks, stuff that helps people build a better business. Um, and fourthly, uh, whilst we're a startup, uh, we are now a growing, emerging community of of leaders who love business and want to build better businesses and help leaders become better leaders in uh, London, uh, uh, the US, um, uh, Ireland, Scotland, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, and um, what unifies all of us is that passion for working with people um, and helping them find the clarity, alignment and outcomes to deliver some special results. That's what I do now um, uh, for about 10 or so years, I ran my own consulting practice. Um, before that, I, I grew up in corporate world in marketing and management and product development. Before that, I was in some agencies uh, uh, um, doing classic uh, agency side marketing stuff and advertising hey. stuff. Um, and, uh, and I actually grew up in, in my journey in business through the marketing discipline. Um, 
I love it. Uh, I'm I'm an absolute sold out believer to Peter Drucker's quote on uh, there's marketing and innovation and everything else in a business is an expense. Uh, and, <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I know what he's trying to say and I'm taking him slightly out of context there. But at the end of the day, the job of, of a business is to solve a problem uh, for customers, go get more of those customers solving that problem and deliver value back to the community, society and shareholders. And uh, that actually is a very fun journey. And the marketing discipline uh, is central to that journey. So I love it. So um, looking at the way that you work right now with businesses, where exactly are you um, bringing value into their journey or what type of businesses you guys are working on oh, or with on a, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I mean, our uh, principal customers are, uh, business coaches and consultants who are working with business leaders in improving their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two types of customer, the business coach or consultant that's using our platform within their business to diagnose businesses, find opportunity gaps and build strategic plans and outcomes. And then we have business customers who are mm-hmm. using our platform to effectively run their business with greater clarity, uh, improved alignment and um efficiency of results that that's the reasons they would use waymaker and they tend to be let me call them smes um sort of five or ten three to five hundred plus ish uh and uh and we live in a world where we help businesses get unstuck at um at some point every business and business leader um whether they be the senior leader or sitting on a on a leadership team will get stuck and uh, and that business needs to get unstuck. And we've developed uh, an interesting set of tools and um, processes and algorithms that, that help those businesses get unstuck. So we might talk about some of those. The principal tool is a method. It's a way of thinking um, built off Waymaker's leadership curve, which is a... Um, really a sense-making framework that helps helps t- leaders and their teams make sense of the, the marketplace and the business they have. Uh, and then in doing so, ask and answer this process we call the seven questions, which helps them find the highest value course of action um, to go and execute. And we, we learned that from, uh, from your neck of the woods, from the British military. And, okay. uh, and we, we saw what the British military did to transform their day-to-day operational thinking and decision-making and strategic mm-hmm. planning on the battlefield. Um, uh, and um, that was transformational to, to the British military. Uh, so I might as well tell that story because I think that's interesting. Um, as, the, as the British military, is that okay? Yeah, sure. Let's go straight into it. I was about to ask, um, before we go into the story, just uh, for the audience to get a feel of the type of situation that these businesses are in, and they may find they would be more or less in the same, or have been, or had been. Um, What type of stuck do you mean? Stuck in terms of growth? Stuck in terms of people? Uh, Yeah, we we talk about stuckness um, in three types of stuckness, if I can use that language. Yeah. the first type of stuckness um, is, uh, and and I hope listeners and yourself will will um, align and go, oh yeah, I remember that. 
uh, is that moment when you realize you're incredibly busy, uh, you're doing lots of stuff, but you're spinning your wheels and uh, you're actually not moving forward. You're potentially spinning wheels and sliding backwards. And, and that's the first kind of stuckness. And uh, the second type of stuckness is, okay, we've had a level of success. We've, we're growing. We seem to be getting some things happening for us, um, found our market, found our customer, but we've hit a brick wall. We've hit a ceiling. Um, and for some reason, it doesn't matter what we try or what we do, we can't seem to kind of break through that next phase. It's just, it's just a brick wall in front of us. So we, you feel stalled. So we call that the stalled stuckness. The first one, the spinning wheels. Um, everybody's busy but not effective. Second one is uh, everybody's busy but you just you, you no breakthrough whatsoever. You, you, you've hit a brick wall as a business, as a, as a team. And the third is very much around owners or senior leaders where you may have they've built a business, uh, a level of success, but you're trapped within that business. Um, you've actually built the business around you. Uh, it's too hard for you to get out of it now. So you're constantly stuck in it. Uh, and that could be your team, it could be your function, your discipline as a marketing leader it could, as a, or as a sales leader or as a business owner. Uh, and so how do you extract yourself out of that and move on to the next challenge, either the next role or as an owner, um, move from, from doer to owner? And, and enjoy those benefits you get, the lifestyle benefits, the financial benefits. So those three types of stuckness happen to every business um, at some point, at least more, more than once. And, um, and so we, we help those kinds of organizations, A, stop spinning wheels. Um, if there's 20 people in that team, they're probably going in 30 different directions. Uh, we help them get clarity with goals, clear outcomes, refocus that energy into um, a sharper focus uh, and get wheels turning and spinning. Um, if you hit a brick wall, uh, our diagnostic in our platform, um, which picks up two or 300 pieces of data across a business, um, will surface gaps and opportunities. Uh, and you'll see where your next possible investments in skills and systems will achieve breakthrough. And lastly, if you're trapped, then our methodology is a great way of embedding and empowering um, others around you uh, to build the business with you. Uh, so you can shift some of that responsibility from your shoulders to others. Um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. Thank you for clarifying. Um, and now we can go into the story. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, uh, it was interesting. Um, I was coming out of corporate life 10, 15 years ago and um, uh, I read some, some case studies and some articles on the British military as they were coming out of the 20th century into the 21st century. And in the 20th century, um, uh, the theatre of war, and I, I mean, the, the world is in a state of flux at the moment. So this is relevant, but sometimes hard to talk about. But um, uh, in, in the late 20th century, uh, the theatre of war was changing dramatically. It was moving from a very traditional structure, um, probably the last traditional war that was ever had was perhaps the first Gulf War. Everything since then has been very non-traditional. Um, and, uh, and as that was shifting and changing from the traditional to the non-traditional, um, 
the the need to be more agile, to be more adaptive, to be more decentralized, to make decisions faster um, was a pressing, pressing need. And the British military was was looking at how they made decisions on the battlefield uh, as commanders and leaders and realised that the way they did a classic battle plan, um, you know, as marketers would call those campaign plans, um, <laughs> uh, um, was incredibly ineffective. Uh, it was time-consuming. Uh, it was resource-heavy. It was complicated, complex, and it was not going to work in this new world emerging. And the way the British military solved that <clears throat> was to step back and say, let's, let's simplify and they developed a small number of questions, happened to be seven questions, that they taught leaders from Lance Corporal up to General uh, to ask and answer if you were developing a battle plan, just seven questions. And if you asked and answered these seven questions, you would develop the highest value course of action to reach mission objective and the tactics to execute. And uh, it was transformational to the way uh, leaders thought, acted, and behaved on the battlefield. And, uh, and so I was reading about this coming out of corporate life, moving into a consulting life, thinking, my goodness, I've come from corporate life. I, I, had, I loved corporate life. There was, there was lots of zeros on budgets and bank cards and all those wonderful things, but there was also lots of committees and bureaucracy and politics. And, and I remember thinking, gosh, if the British military one of the most traditional stuffy organisations in the world, no offence intended to my British counterparts, could transform the way they developed these plans and the way they made decisions on the battlefield, then surely regular old day-to-day business could because they have the same problem. Um, in the last 20 years, we have significant financial disruption, significant geopolitical disruption, significant, significant health disruptions, um, digital disruptions, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, if you've grown up in the last 15, 20 years of, of business and marketing and leadership, well, every few years, something comes along that kind of whacks you across the face saying, hello. Um, uh, and and, and um, so businesses need, it, need something uh, like what the military had. So cut a long story short, uh, it was how do, we, how do we do what they did? And... If you get, anybody can go and Google the British military seven questions, it's a method of developing a combat estimate, but it's designed to blow something up. It's designed to, you know, uh, destroy. Um, uh, in business, we've got different objectives. Uh, we're out to build something up. Uh, we're out to find a customer, love them, solve a problem uh, and not leave destruction, but leave uh, the opposite, um, hopefully. Although sometimes you need to do the former. Um, and so we set about building, and that's pretty much where the story stops with the British military. We said, what if we could do in the business world what the British military did in the, in the theatre of war? Could we arm leaders with um, a small number of questions that if they asked and answered regularly would do what happened to the military? And that was A, decentralise the organisation, push decision-making powers to those closest to the problems, two, flatten the organisation, um, and, uh, and ensure that if from Lance Corporal to General, uh, there's a language of strategic decision-making. Um, and three, create agility and um, adaption in, uh, in decision-making and leadership. Uh, the, the seven questions 
can be asked and answered in the battlefield, hunkered down behind some Humvees, putting the battle plan together in 30, 45 minutes, or they can be asked and answered back at HQ over two, three, four days, and you can put a complicated plan together. And business is no different. Uh, sometimes it hits the fan and you got to stop and you got to go, right, in an hour's time, we need an action plan for the next three weeks. Um, awesome. Ask and answer the seven questions. You'll walk out with an action plan. Um, or sometimes it's the annual end of year strategic planning session. Let's go away for a day or two um, and let's have some deep thinking. Awesome. Ask and answer the seven questions. So I think you're starting to get <clears throat> what this methodology is. And, uh, and kind of just like the military, uh, when they're asking and answering those questions on the battlefield, they're holding some software in their hands. And uh, so we thought, let's go build some software. Let's, let's go build a diagnostic tool and some strategic planning tools that uh, empower you to more intelligently ask and answer those seven questions, kind of like the military. And that's sort of what Waymaker is. Um, it helps you narrow and focus in on your customer um, by asking and answering those seven questions, um, keeping the organization clear and aligned around who the customer is, the problem you're solving, the value you're creating, uh, and the actions that are the highest priorities in order to realize that value, whether that be in sales, marketing, service, team, employee, HR, wherever. Uh, and that's what we teach. Um, that's what we teach people to do. Uh, we teach coaches and consultants to ask and answer those seven questions, and we provide the software for them to execute. Uh, uh, I hope that's kind of making some sort of sense for you. And the natural, I guess, question here would be, uh, and I think this would form a basis for the following questions that I had, and I wanted to go through with you, which were revolving around uh, growth strategy and planning resilience in this current mm -hmm. market scenario circumstances. But uh, just to make it easy for people tuning in that wonder what these seven questions are. Uh, <laughs> what, are we... yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are they? Yeah, <laughs> Look, you can anybody can go and get these seven questions from our website. Visit waymaker.io. Hit the learn tab. Two or three options down, you'll see Waymaker's leadership curve. It's got a, a thing you can download and screen view and see it. Um, at, at face value, they're not overly complicated. You know, question one is what is our vision? Is it driven by our purpose? Uh, what are the roadblocks to achieving it? Pretty simple. But in order to answer that, you got to understand your vision, you got to understand purpose, and you got to understand the problem you solve for your customer. Question two, what is our market? Who is our ideal customer? What do they value? Therefore, what perceptions do we need to build? Okay, um, you got to be able to answer that. What market do we play in? Awesome. How do we niche and segment into that market to find our ideal customer? What do they really value, that ideal customer? And therefore, what perceptions should they be holding about us, our business, and, and the products we serve, uh, products we deliver. Um, if you can answer that, uh, then you're starting to go, excellent, I understand my market, I understand my customer, I understand their value drivers, I understand what they think about us already, what they, do, what they should be thinking about us, what those gaps are, and the gaps we've got to close. Now, that's classic brand management stuff. Um, exactly, I, I was about to say this is a lot of marketing here. There is, yeah, because uh, I firmly believe outside of marketing innovation, everything else is an expense. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and at the end of the day, our job as an organization or a business is to solve a problem. Uh, and and there's, I think there's two things 
I'm going to go off on a little little side rant here, and you can pull me back in line if if, if you don't like it. But I think I think the world of marketing has made two fundamental errors in the last ten to twenty years. Um, one, it's made purpose about issues not related to the problem you solve, uh, and two, it's through the technology explosion, it's uh, become more about tactics and execution and less about strategic thinking. Uh, in old world marketing words, we would say it's become a 1P marketing. It's just about promotions and advertising. We've forgotten about product and place and um, distribution, uh, uh, sorry, pricing, um, to get my old marketing 4Ps off the top of my head. Uh, so those two things have been two scope shifts that marketing's been through. Um, one, it's it's fallen into the trap of thinking about purpose as something outside the organisation. Now, an organisation has one single purpose, uh, and that is to solve a problem for a customer. Your purpose exists around that problem. When you answer the question, we exist too, you're writing a purpose statement. Uh, if, if you're Netflix, we exist to give a platform for content creators to get to their audience anywhere in the world. That's why they exist. That is the problem they solve. That is their purpose in life. If you're Facebook, we exist to connect people all around the world. Is this making sense? Yeah. Um, and, and so as marketers, uh, we have to own that. That is actually a central truth inside the organization. And, and if, if we are not thinking about that problem, owning the solving of that problem, we're not being strategic marketers. Uh, and I think a lot, a lot of times marketing gets caught in tactics and execution because tactics and execution is so complicated today. You know, if you go and look at MarTech's classic um, canvas of technology providers in marketing, I remember when they came out with the first one and there was like 500 on it and then there was 1,000 and then there was yeah. 2,000 three years later. And now they've just even stopped putting logos on the page because it's at five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand. 9,000. It doesn't even work. Um, you know, as a marketer, when I grew up as a marketer, I had some pretty simple decisions when it came to media buying, print, television, direct, radio, uh, signage. You know, it really didn't get much more complicated than that. I've got a million dollars to spend. How am I going to slice and dice it? Um, uh, today, that's a very different world. So I think that world has allowed marketers to get off being marketers. If Drucker was right, where he said in an organisation there's marketing, and there's innovation and everything else is an expense, then as marketers, we've got to step back into leadership positions and go, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm the marketer in this organization. I'm the marketing manager. I'm the marketing director. I'm the VP of marketing or I'm the marketing person. Okay, um, what problems does this organization solve? Do we solve it well? What products are we buying, are building and what services are we building that solves this product amazingly well? And get that marketing conversation going so that organizations are purpose-driven. They own the problem they're solving for their customer and they deliver excellence and achieve amazing outcomes. Uh, okay, rant aside, <laughs> um, uh, I, I think there's a wonderful opportunity for strategic marketers to step up and lead. So when we think about the seven questions, um, we are thinking about the customer, the problem we solve for them and how we start building the organization around that. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, yes, there's a heavy influence on marketing uh, as we build that out. Um, 
I don't know if I answered your question there, but I certainly, I certainly threw some food for thought on the table. Yep. And you set the ground for the first of the not so very long list, but I think uh, it's good that it's not long because I want us to go a bit more in depth with the answers and the discussion here. Um, so the first question that I think would be um, would be good here is, I want you to pick your brains on uh, how do you feel about growth planning and growth strategy in this uh, current market situation mm. i mean because we are coming after a pandemic and now we have uh you know the military conflict that is in europe which affects a lot internationally so this is a reoccurring issue that uh, i personally find talking with clients but also us as an organization find in the different areas we activate so how do you feel about it what's what's your take i think um i think covid has accelerated societal, economical, social, uh, geopolitical changes that were already in place. And what's, what's happened is that sometimes the world changes and it's a bit like boiling a frog. Uh, I don't know if you have that phrase in the UK or the US. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, so but it, does, boil- it does, but we don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So when you boil a frog, you know, you put a frog in the water and you start turning the heat up and it gradually gets hotter and hotter and hotter until the frog's boiled. But the frog never knows it's boiling, it, so it never hops out of the water. That's kind of the point of the saying. Um, what's happened with COVID is the, the water stopped getting slowly and gradually hotter and it got hot fast and everybody's realized, oh, wow, the world really has changed. Um, and the world for marketers changed so much in the last 10, 15 years. Um, and, and this is a, I want to get into a bit of detail here to answer your question. Um, if we go back to, I'm going to refer to some of my um, notes, but if we go back to 2006, there's a, a published, uh, a, a report published by, um, Brand Z, one of WPP's um, brand tracking groups, and they published the the top five brands um, by market valuation. Um, And they were Microsoft, sort of, let's call it 62-odd billion, General Electric, Coca-Cola, China Mobile, and Marlboro Cigarettes. Let that just sink in for a moment. Uh, That's 2006. It's not that long ago. Um, it's somewhat it kind of, I'm looking at you thinking, man, you were probably still in school, but that's, that could sound offensive, but you're, it might've been in university. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about cigarettes and how, I mean, you know, having Marlboro, uh, on <laughs> one of the top six is like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. How, so that's, that's less than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2006 top five brands, Microsoft, G, Coca-Cola, China Mobile, Marlboro. Fast forward five years, and I think these were the five years in marketing land that started to transform everything. Um, uh, Facebook was founded in 04. Um, iPhone came out in 07. Uh, so between 2006 and 2012, we had this rapid takeoff. Uh, the top five biggest brands in 2012 were Apple at $183 billion, followed by IBM, followed by Google, followed by McDonald's. Ah, here comes Microsoft. Let's fast forward another five years as um, uh, societal change is accelerating. What are our five biggest brands in the world? Google, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook. Um, 
I should go and check their most recent because they've probably just published uh, last year or early this year, the last five. Um, and you're probably going to see a TikTok in there, maybe a Tesla. Um, the point here is if we look at those brands in 2006 that were the biggest brands in the world, and we look at those brands in 2017 that were the biggest brands in the world, you know, what's changed? Um, and the biggest change is, is a digital revolution, uh, a new way of working. And so this, this new way of working, new way of living has transformed our traditional brand landscape in terms of value. And that has transformed the way we work. We have absolutely moved from an industrialized economy to a services economy, to an experiential economy, which a couple of economic writers in, published a book in the 90s called The Experience Economy. And that has happened. That, and we see that in brands today. And so an experience economy, um, it's a very different way of working. Uh, I think it was Culture Ant last week um, released their latest report on hybrid and working from home. Uh, I think the number was about 88% preference for working from home or at worst hybrid across employees uh, across the, the Western world. That is an, an astonishing stat. Headlines coming out today, um, Eric Schmidt, former CEO and current chairman of Google. I'm a traditionalist. Um, uh, and in fact, I, I took a screenshot of this thinking about this podcast um, that I would be, I would be on. And, and have a listen to this. This is an amazing uh, quote from Eric Schmidt. Uh, and I'll just literally open it up right now. Um, Ex-Google CEO Eric Schmidt on why in-office work is better. I don't know how you build a great management virtually. Now, if that doesn't sound like a dinosaur running one of the world's biggest technology companies, we are in the next evolution and revolution. Um, these were the guys that revolutionized it 10, 15 years ago. Um, the market is saying 88% prefer working from home or hybrid. And the chairman of one of the world's biggest technology companies is saying, I don't know how you build a great management virtually. Um, everybody get back into the office. Uh, can you see the con context here? Um, There's a new wave coming. Coming, it's here, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and some of the biggest and best strategic leaders of the last wave are still holding on to the last wave, going, no, 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 how's this going to work? And so um, this affects how we think, how we plan, how we execute, and um, and so we are in a world um, that. Uh, is different and we've got to pick up some tools and some thinking um, a little bit like what the, the British military did and think differently. I'll give you an example in strategic planning and decision-making. The most common methodology in strategic planning decision-making for organizations in the 20th century was a thing called the balanced scorecard. Uh, you, you've probably, as marketers, we've yep. probably provided data up into it. Um, you know, classic vision, mission, values, bunch of strategic KPIs, balanced scorecard, the world is stable, Everything's organized. Let's balance. Okay, when was the last time you had perfect balance inside an organization? Um, you know, that's that's <laughs> we're, we're going back a generation or two now. Um, so balance isn't the thing we should be striving for, is it? Um, what we should be striving for is the capacity to be adaptive and agile in order to achieve goals and outcomes, regardless of the balance that we've got to adjust and move along the way. 
you know, one of my favorite quotes from one of the old 1970s motivational speakers, a guy called Zig Ziglar, was it doesn't matter the way the wind blows, it matters how you set the sails. And, uh, and I still think that's so powerful 40 years later because as marketers, um, we, we're very good at zigging and zagging. We're very good at tactically moving and moving around. And that is a skill that is needed today. What we have to learn how to do is to shift from a thinking of a world that is stable where we can plan three, five, and 10 years ahead and work backwards from that and say, right, I've got to flip that on its head. In the old way, we'd write a five-year vision or a 10-year plan and we'd work backwards saying, okay, if we've got to be there in 10 years, then let's, we've got to be there in eight years and there in five years and except, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, most people probably can't work out where they want to be in six months um, in the current climate. So what you've got to do is you've got to say, well, maybe in three to five years, a goal where we could be looks amazing, looks like this. But you know what? Now we're not going to worry about where we need to be in two years. We're just going to worry about where we need to be in 12 weeks or 24 weeks. What have we got to do now that puts us in the best position in 12 or 24 weeks to say, what have we got to do now in order to get to that thing in two or three years time? Does that make sense? I was hoping you say that because this <laughs> is exactly, I swear, because this is exactly what we are uh, you know, from, I, I will go in a marketing sort of perspective now, uh, just mm -hmm. to match it with your business approach as well. Uh, this is exactly what we were talking with, about with most of our clients, because it's so uncertain, like nobody was expecting a war when COVID was Correct. seemingly coming to an end. So, you yes. know, you can't really count on much these days, especially when it's so much at stake. So, I mean, long term. So yep. the best you can do is just make sure you get the most out of the current situation and then, you know, like you navigate well. And this, But that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't mean we throw away principles and how we work together. In fact, mm -hmm. those things matter more. So what we've got to do as marketers is go, I probably can't write you a one or a two-year marketing strategy, but I could put a strategic goal in place for one or two years. And what I can tell you is how we could build an operating rhythm to make effective decisions based on data on whatever the cycle is we need to operate on, weekly, monthly, daily, whatever it's got to look like. Um, start with quarterly. As a marketing operation, what have we got to achieve in the next 12 weeks that gets our organization to the best possible position? Awesome, let's do that. And every week, let's trim the sales to getting there. And so we need to design a way of doing that together. We need to think about the way we work together more than the things we want to achieve together. Mm -hmm. That's the big difference. In the old way, we'd think about more, we'd think more about what we want to achieve together and less about how we'd work together because the world was kind of stable and we could, we could apply the same rules that worked last decade to the next decade. That doesn't exist today. We've actually got to get smaller in order to get bigger. We've actually got to get deeper together in order to achieve greater things because we need to learn how to work well together because long gone are the days of one marketer being able to do everything. You have to have collaborative internal and external hybrid teams functioning well together, which means you've got to step back. And the most important thing a good marketing leader can do today 
is to define how will we work together so that when we get on the field of play, we can adapt. And if we have that operating rhythm in place, okay, if a war happens, a war happens. We know how to come together and make decisions. Is this making sense? Uh, and it's also partly answering the second question that I had, which was around mm. building resilience in this type of business, you know, and world yeah. scenario. So yeah. if we were to sum our discussion up to a couple of actionable points that people listening today um, can think about or maybe even implement in their routine or in their approach to planning to help mm. them be more resilient when it comes to unexpected changes or medium-term planning, what would they okay. be from your perspective? Yeah, 100% from my perspective, it's the operating cycle and disciplines you put in place to, um, to gather the inputs required for decision-making, have that decision-making process and execute those actions and then rinse and repeat that cycle, mm -hmm. which that's what's what we'd call an operating rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so the most practical thing you can do is think about that. Uh, I'll give you an example of um, somebody working with recently in the tourism space. And they, they said, okay, realistically, we work on a monthly cycle, thinking about forward bookings of 30 days for nights sold. Um, we can affect decisions in consumers and buyers over that 30-day period through incentives, value adds, packages, increasing spend etc okay so we need to actually have a 30-day cycle where we're thinking about forward bookings and turning up the volume and the dials around multiple countries on how we execute that as a team so if we can see that asset a in um in england is down and we and asset b in the united states is up we need to turn the dial up on england and down on the us you can get see where i'm going Mm -hmm. um, we need a way of connecting um, revenue and operations management, um, marketing, digital, media. Uh, we've got to have a way of working together that comes together every week or fortnight with a set of data inputs that we can make decisions around that. Is this making mm -hmm. sense? This is the way we work. Um, all the tactical execution, the thinking, the strategy, excellent, it's going to happen there. So one of the most important things you can do to build resilience is to build a system. So um, my favorite analogy story on this is uh, just a couple of months ago, I was watching something, um, must have been Facebook feed. There you go. Um, uh, and there's a NASA scientist up in the International Space Station. And he said, uh, he's taking questions from school students. And the question was, what, what stops the International Space Station from you know, if, if something hits it, a bit of space junk or what stops it from bouncing off into space? Um, and there's kind of simplistically two things. One, it's the Earth's orbit and the gravity that holds it towards Earth. But what stops it from spinning wildly? Like it's a, it's a pretty big machine up there. What stops it wobbling on that orbit? Um, and, and explain the science of a gyroscope. And, and so he held up a, a little model of the space station. Here's my Apple iPad pen. Let's pretend this is a gyroscope. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a rod, there's a core, and there's a, there's a space station wrapping around it. And he goes, look, and he's in zero gravity. If I hold this up, um, and he could take his hand off it because he was in zero gravity, I'm not, so I'll use my other hand. 
Um, and he goes, if I tap this gyroscope um, like this, tap, uh, in, in zero gravity, that little tap causes it to spin wildly off into space, you know, a la the scenes we saw in the movie Gravity with um, uh, George Clooney and, um, and whoever. Um, uh, but he said, let me activate the gyroscope. And he, and he had the little metal gyroscope, the core. As marketers, we all know gyroscopes. It's what keeps the camera stable uh, when we're filming. And he pulled the little cord and the gyroscope activated. And, it, and he goes, let me do it again. And he, and he holds up the gyroscope. Let me tap it. And he just taps it. Tap, same tap. And it just moved slightly. And he goes, and look, I can change the axis. And he goes, I'll tap it again. And he, he taps it and it just moves, but it doesn't change axis. Um, he said the, the gyroscope is the cycle the strength in the core spinning that when change happens doesn't send the space station off into chaos. And I think you're about to connect the dots here, if not already. The operating rhythm you put into your decision-making cycles is the core, is the gyroscope holding your organisation together, building resilience, so that if you know how to come together and make decisions in the face of change, then change can happen without causing you to spin off into chaos. Does that make Very sense? Very good analogy. Very good. <laughs> the, and I bet there's marketers listening to this that, you know, put a campaign plan together and three days later in walks the CEO saying, oh, we've got to do this and it changes. And so you go and start working on something else. Oh, we've got to do this and it changes. And so you've got decisions being made outside of an operating rhythm, uncoordinated, creating chaos with no stability and structure. That's not resilience. Uh, resilience comes from this cycle of, of the core structure. So the greatest thing we can do as marketing leaders is figure out what that core is. How, how do we make decisions? How do we start that spinning, that spinning cycle? If there's 12 weeks in a year and it's, we're going to have that spinning cycle on a monthly cycle, we've spun that 12 times. That's a hell of a lot better than once writing one marketing plan, isn't it? Um, sometimes it's fortnight. So if you can spin that more often in your organization with stability and you can bounce off decisions and come back and bounce off more decisions, you can sustain change. And that's exactly what the British military did with their seven questions. They developed a leadership and decision-making methodology that was cyclical, continuous, and created stability for change to happen. Because change can only happen on a foundation of stability. It cannot happen on a foundation of constant change. That's instability. Does that make sense? Uh, so we have to, as marketers, um, in this world of chaos and change, come back in and develop that core for our businesses. Because that's our job as marketers. We have to go out and communicate, launch products, affect change. And the great companies do this. Look at Apple. Um, every March, every September, um, drop a July developers conference in the middle there. There's a structure. There's an operating rhythm. We're going to launch software in March. We're going to launch product in September. We're going to get our partners together in July. We're going to hang our year off that. Does it work? Heck yeah, it works. Um, just look at the way they launch products. Uh, so you know, the best thing you can do as a strategic marketing leader is work out how to build that resilience. So I love how we made a full circle here and how you got back to the <laughs> initial story. A uh, very good analogy as well. And I think this is a great insight for every, uh, you know, just to wrap up 
all of our discussion into a couple of action actionable points um i very much agree with you uh this is also what we try to do internally as well trying to be able to make um decisions more often and review the strategy a bit more often and guys for you tuning in that maybe are depending depending on more people to make such decisions or such evaluations probably as Stuart was saying a good place to start would be just to make sure that everybody is on the same page there is a good feedback loop in place internally and then you can sync up on making these types of uh, strategic decisions as you implement and as you encounter changes in the economic space or political or anything that might affect. Um, great stuff. Stuart, uh, as we are getting close to the end of this episode, uh, what gets you excited for the coming weeks, months? What are you guys planning with the, uh, with the business? Any good uh, advice or insights that you'd like to share with our listeners? Mm. Um, I'm a uh, I'm a product guy at heart. I love making products. Um, in our world, that's digital products and software tools and new features. So mm -hmm. we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming up over the next quarter or two. Uh, which if I told you, I'd have to kill you, so I won't talk about. But, um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I what gets me excited um, uh, and is, is the thinking we can do as marketers, and I'll include myself as a marketer in this because um, we all are, uh, around where is the opportunity, where is the pain, um, how can we create something that solves that for a customer um, and creates value for them. And when you can build those kinds of products, whether you're in tourism or property or professional services or software and tech, um, it's the same thing. Um, and, and that's what gets me out of bed. Uh, I'm, that's, that's, that's what I love to play in, almost to the detriment sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I, I get excited about those things. Um, we're launching some, some new um, products within our platform so they're effectively features. Um, I'm also excited, to be honest, there's a lot of change and there's a lot of chaos in this world, um, but that doesn't mean we have to be fearful. Uh, you know, courage is not the absence of fear. Uh, courage is the ability to make decisions in moments of fear and take action on them. And so I think these are the times as humans, as people, as colleagues, as friends, as patriots, we step back and we go, you know what? Building good businesses matters. Um, it builds good outcomes in society. Uh, good products make people's lives better. When people's lives are better, uh, they they tend not to fight with each other. Um, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, so we we as business owners, leaders, marketers, actually need to have the courage to wisely take the next investments into the next into these next waves, into these next periods of change. And our forefathers did it. Um, you go back to the 1920s, the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s. This isn't new. Um, it's, uh, what do they say about history? The best thing we know about history is that it repeats, sadly. Um, and so we, we have to look forward into the future with a, with a good dose of boldness and courage and go, yeah, um, these this isn't insurmountable. This is winnable. This is overcomable. Uh, let's figure out how to do it. Uh, and that I think is exciting because that is why marketers were born onto the face of this earth because you, you guys are the problem solvers, the creative thinkers and the innovators inside companies. 
Everybody else is counting numbers, putting widgets together. Um, marketers have the best job in the world. Go and do it in the best <laughs> way possible. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Super. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm on the right um, uh, side here. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, and with uh, Waymaker, I know you guys have a free trial as well for uh, if there's uh, people on the show that would like to see more of what you do and um, maybe start using the tools that you make available, um, right? Of course. Yeah, shameless plug. Let's go. Um, if you're uh, somebody um, thinking of becoming a coach or a consultant, talk to us. We've got an amazing partner program. If you're somebody who is a coach or consultant and you're looking to um, improve the way you do that, save a lot of time, increase a lot of value, increase your customer lifetime value, then we, we help with that. Um, and if, if you're a marketer or a business leader going, actually, what you're talking about makes a lot of sense. How can we do that in our organization? Just go and take a free trial, spin up the diagnostic, ask and answer your seven questions, see where you land, reach out to me. I'll connect you with our team. We'd love to help you. Thanks so much, Stuart. Guys, you have um, the links to all the platforms, including Stuart's LinkedIn profile as well. Stuart, if that's okay with you, for people to link in with you Absolutely. directly. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I'm, I'm, I suck at socials, but I, I purposely manage my LinkedIn. Um, so if you connect with me on LinkedIn, I'll connect with you. If you message me, I'll respond. Um, and, uh, and if you've got a question, I'll, I'll answer it if I can. Um, uh, it doesn't have to be about, you know, buying stuff from us, but, um, if I can point in the right direction, I will. So reach out, say hi. Appreciate it, man. This was a great pleasure having, having this discussion with you. Uh, it's, uh, midday here. So this was better than the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed Andre. it. Yeah, Andre, thanks so much for having me. Um, and uh, yeah, wish you the very best with your podcast. It's been a joy. Same here. Thank you so much for all the insight. Uh, guys, as always, thank you for tuning in and for staying with us until the end. Uh, any questions, feel free to pop us an email, write us, write Stuart as well. Uh, check out Waymaker. And until next time, take care, uh, take action, and looking forward to seeing you soon. Have a nice one.